knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Yak Gadget, made in America, based outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Yak Gadget offers all kinds of storage accessories, quick mount motor mounts, anchor systems, track monitored accessories, even paddles. Go to yakgadget.com and get your kayak decked out for your next trip out on the water. The 153 Bay Company, based in Troy, Ohio, make everything from plastics to custom painted hard baits. Hook them hard and hook them off. All of our baits are made to order and all of our hard baits are hand painted to order. So go to the153anglers.com to place your order today. The hell and back is in the job description. Being roughed up, scuffed up, run over, kicked, thrown, dropped, dumped, and done the unthinkable is a duty we've embraced for more than 40 years. Through superior engineering and constant innovation, only Pelican has conquered the chaos a life of ambition can dish out. And we've done it to empower you. Welcome to the Real Down on Paddling Fin with your hosts, Dan Perry and Jimmy Skinner, where we talk about everything in tournament kayak fishing. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome back to a reel down on Paddle and Finn. How you doing? Uh, pretty good, man. How about you? Good. I'm ready. I we got the uh the big Dale Hollow thing coming up this weekend. Paddle and Finn, Clash of Clubs. We're gonna have a, a three man team, so getting super excited about that. And uh yeah, just the whole thing. Dale Hollow is gonna be awesome. Might be a little bit of weather coming, but it's gonna be good no matter what. I mean, if I get involved in a tournament, it seems like weather shows up, so I just kind of like I didn't even check the weather, and then I saw Brian's uh, update on Tourney X about the weather, and I was like, "Go figure, it's going to storm." Yeah. So, we'll see. I ain't yeah. going to have much time to pre-fish anyway. But actually, no time. So, because I was going down tomorrow night, which now that's not happening. So I took my pre-fishing day out of it, helped them with everything Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and swing for the fence Sunday. There you go. I'm just, I'm going to try to get down there. I might leave Thursday night. I haven't decided yet. Thursday night or early Friday morning. I can only get off one day of work. That's just life around here. But what? Yeah, if you get off in time, you you should just come Thursday night. Yeah. Well, how, yeah. how far of a drive is it for you? Like I four hours? Five. Five. Yeah. That's like Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. You know, Sunday night. Not seeing the kids. So. That's a, you know, you got to think about that too. That's tough. So being a dad, you know. Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, right. what we've got going on today? Yeah. Tonight we have uh, three guys, winners, first, second, and third from the All-American Kayak Series. That was on Lake Watchtaw this weekend. We've got, here they are, Lance Burris, Brian Hillman, and Mike Kiefer. How y'all doing, guys? Good. Good. Yeah, appreciate y'all being on. Yeah, and, thanks uh, for having us. Yeah, absolutely. The, um, you know, it's it's. I keep hearing about all American all American kayak series and and like it's supposed to be a big tournament trail. And the I know they have the classic every year. Are those two put together? Is that the same organizers? Does anybody know that the all American kayak classic? Is that uh, the same? Yeah. Thing? Yeah. Yeah, I can speak to that. So, um, yeah, the All-American Kayak Classic started last year, and and it was the first year for it. And, and it's basically if you're in the top ten of your club, your local club, state club, and qualify 
as long as your your club's a participating partner. And then, and on the on the heels of that last year, um, which Jeremy Mitchell won, he won ten thousand dollars. That was so yeah. big. That was a big payday. But, and then but on the heels of that, Josh Boone. That. And then he he ended up in the ten house or ten invitational. He had like a good streak there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. It was. Yeah, he got into the Hobie thing. That's what it was. He got into the tournament of champions. That's what it was. Oh, through the the. Uh, yeah, the last. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember the shootout or whatever they call theirs. Sorry, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah. No. No. It's all good. Yeah. I, yeah, the All American Classic. Jared qualified for the ten, you know, the KBF ten, and then and then he followed that up with a with a shootout. Uh, um, hit good enough to qualify for the TOC. So through, through the shootout, so we had a pretty good season. But uh, uh, Josh Booth and Tyler Cole launched the All American Kayak Series on the heels of, of the Classic last year, and and Lake Washtenaw was the first first tournament of the year for the series. There you go. Cool. Nice. Well, yeah, well, I mean, uh, yeah. since y'all, none of y'all have ever been on the show before, we'll go ahead and give y'all a chance to tell everybody who you are and how you got into kayak fishing. Uh, Mike, we'll start with you. Yeah, uh, Mike Kiefer. I'm up here in uh, Rogersville, Missouri. Um, I used to do big boat tournaments, uh, fished with my aunt a lot. Uh, my cousin got me into the kayak fishing. Um it just kind of took off. Been doing it about five years now. <clears throat> nice. Okay. And what what do you do whenever you're not fishing? Uh, There's no such thing. <laughs> <laughs> try to try to go on vacations. Um, that's what it used to be for me. But now, like all of my vacations are fishing. So there's not really like like me and the wife go to the beach, but I go down there to go fishing. That's kind of the only reason we're there. That and to eat. So, and you and Lance, work, uh, Mike, you and Lance are related, right? So, so a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you uh, don't play each other. All wives are sisters. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Yeah. All right. Cool. Nice. Brian, how about you, man? Can you hear us, Brian? Who's next? Brian. Oh, was it me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I missed that. Yeah, I live in Springfield, Missouri, um, you know, clo- close to these two clowns. And, uh, you know, we, we all fish the Moyak, Moyak series together. I, um, <clears throat> I, I, just like most of us, you know, I was, I was tournament fishing out of a boat, you know, for quite a while and uh, started, started in a kayak back in 2015. And, actually started help start the Moyak fishing series as well back in 2015 there was eight of us originally a few guys dropped off after the first year and uh so it was it was, it was a handful of us and i guess a couple of years ago uh eric hansen who had who was the president he was still running running the series he he handed it off to josh booth and uh josh has done a great job i mean i mean he's taken he's taken Moyak to the next level and so so you know, I continue fishing that, and 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 that's pretty much what oh, I fish around I, this area. Moyaks definitely seem to have, like kind of gotten more popular, and they'll. I mean, I, I've been doing this for almost a year now, and I can like from never hearing of Moyak to now, it's like every week during you know the prime of fishing season. You know, we see y'all on the tournament scene and all that stuff. Not literally every week, but we I definitely notice y'all a lot more than you know, a bunch of other clubs. So it definitely seems to be growing. In my, Missouri, it's crazy. Yeah. Cause yeah, Josh has done uh, a great job and he's grown it, grown it quite a bit. Yeah. Cool. All right, Lance, how about you, man? Um, I'm from Lake the Ozarks. Uh, same thing. Started in bass boat fishing based my whole life, but uh, I kind of got into kayak fishing right there about 2018 Actually, I think it's right at the end of 2017, I fished one tournament. Mike actually kind of got me into it, had me fish a river tournament. And then the next year, I kind of searched around to find some local lake tournaments and I ran across Moyak. And so that's been my my local club. And then 
uh, last year's international events uh, with the the bass series and uh, I like fishing just different new lakes and stuff. But, I should have wrote down all your numbers because you had a crazy good year last year. It's like. We, we, we kept almost having you on, but I, I know last year we had, I think we had message like you, the year you had was unbelievable. So congrats on 2020 and you're starting out 2021 great already. Yeah, it's been, been a pretty good year so far for, for no longer than it's been. Yeah. So cool. So uh, your tournament, I'll go ahead and go over the numbers. Lance, you won it with 87 and three quarter. Brian second with 80 and a quarter. And Mike in third with 79 and a half, 79 and a half 60 anglers. Uh, and that was on Lake Watchtog. Does anybody want to kind of give a, a lay of the lake for anyone that hasn't been on Watchtog before? Kind of explain it. I'm going to pick one of you. You better hurry. <laughs> All right, Mike. Tell us about it. <laughs> it's a big lake. Um, there's a lot of little islands, a lot of inlets, rivers, um, pretty good looking place. Uh, wish, wish we could have hit it with, uh, before that cold spell came. So what kind of, uh, fishery is it like uh, a lot of grass, like heavy current areas? What kind of, kind of options do you have other than the islands and, you know, backwaters and stuff like that? I couldn't find any grass. Um, I think there was some on the south end. I think Lance found some. Um, yeah, I found some deep hydrilla. Uh, it was anywhere from 15 to 20 feet deep, but Ooh. just couldn't find the activity in it. And you can see it on the graph. On the graph, you could. I only found it in clear water. It was my first place that I tried, and I was hoping for just some big stages out in there, but you didn't find a lot of it. You found clumps. Mm. And it just, I don't think there's enough there to hold them. Yeah. That's crazy to think about. Like I've never fished grass over like 12 feet thinking about fishing grass in 20 feet. Like my brain doesn't comprehend that. <laughs> I didn't believe it was down there except for the graph wasn't lying to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was that, was that because the water was high and it's usually a little bit, not as deep or or it's just always that deep i did research a little bit that's why i kind of went looking for it that it, it was in 15 to 20 feet deep uh but you had to find it in the clear end and so that's where that was my first shot to rule out that side whether i was i hate fishing clear water but that was my first option to get it out of my head and go find dirty water after that i'm starting to get that way myself like when i fish shallow moving water i want it to be clear but here lately, just fishing like main lake stuff, I just, if it's clear, I do terrible. Mm -hmm. I, it's it's got to have some color to it. Like, I don't get deterred by the muddy rivers anymore. Like, a lot of you guys will pull up and be like, oh, it's chocolate milk, I'm out. And I'm like, hey, I might have a chance to this. <laughs> get out the big old spinner baits. <clears throat> well, uh, take us into, like, whoever wants to start, talk, talk about how you kind of prepared for it and, you know, pre-fishing and all that stuff. I'm going to pick again. Come on. All right, Mike, you're first. <laughs> Mike again. Uh, well, I went down to day one Friday, uh, tried to pick some spots on the map. Um, I kind of hang towards the rivers. Picked a spot up in uh, Iron Fork. Uh, did not do well. Couldn't get a bite. Um, after that, next day, went back to the map, kind of – Figured, well, I do pretty good in coves, and, and docks is always a good thing to fish around. So that's kind of where I went uh, final day. Had the um, You mentioned a cold front. Had the cold front already came in before the pre-fishing, or did it kind of happen in between pre-fishing and the day of the tournament? It was like a three-day span. <clears throat> yep, that, that would have messed me all up, man. I can't. Yep. I'm still learning all the, like, the post-frontal and all the like when you got a big temperature swing and all that that usually just destroys any chance i have at anything it's it's still all pre-spawn there right oh yeah yeah 
We were we we've been here in Alabama. We've been we had a few spawners. I didn't see any. But that's what I've heard. So I think we had like one tiny little wave that kind of got pushed off. But and yeah, when whenever it, it, it's it's all about to break loose here, real which, quick. Which is crazy because this time last year I was already catching post spawners up here yeah. in North Alabama, mm-hmm. and from what I'm hearing, it's they're not even ready yet. So because I sad to say I. I have not fished but once in in our state this year. I've been fishing everywhere else and doing terrible. I think it's a sign to stay my butt in Alabama. All right, well, I heard right. they were yeah, moving up on beds before that front come through. Mm. Oh, so it almost set up to be awesome, and then the cold weather had yeah, to come in. a little late this year for sure. Oh, yeah. All right, well, Brian, how, how do you prepare for it? Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Well, I didn't spend a lot of time pre-fishing. I I fished uh, one other time a couple years ago, so I just I just kind of went on history, went back to the area that I'd fished before. Um, spent a couple hours on the water on Friday, um, and I knew that Thursday night there was it, it got pretty cold, uh, so I wasn't expecting a whole lot. I didn't get a whole lot. I caught a couple small ones, um, and then and then on Saturday I real you know. I really didn't know what to do, so I just went fishing, and I went up the river, and and, and looking for any signs of life, you know, fish moving around, fish feeding, anything like that, and and uh, you know, I found them on the flats, and I started off by catching them um, on spinner baits and a, and a DT six and a chatter bait, but uh, yeah, yeah, I knew the cold front was going to mess them a little bit, and it did you know, pull them off the banks. Okay. Lance, did, did you get down practice too? Yeah, I got down Friday morning. Uh, drove straight down, <clears throat> got in the water about seven thirty, eight o'clock. So I didn't get that real early morning bite that I kind of wanted to feel out. But that's where I said I wanted to check that clear water first. Um, did not have anything there that I was liking, or I found one fish, but it wasn't where I thought <clears throat> I could do any good. So I moved to my second location that had dirty water and um, I found found the fish in the afternoon but the sun was up high and so it warmed the water up so I wasn't sure what was going to happen in the morning but there's more fish there than there was the first place I went so I just went back to it and they weren't there in the morning so I just went to took the torpedo turned it on high and just started beating the banks until I found them I just kind of worked my way out because since they weren't in the back I figured they were out closer to the channel side and about halfway out in the cove, I found him on a bluff line, uh, just trolling a, a green pumpkin chatterbait and just dropping it off at about seven feet of water. I found a bigger nice. quality fish. Chatterbait. Every week, chatterbait. I'm going to start like a jar, and I'm going to put a quarter in it every time somebody says chatterbait on our episodes. That's <laughs> all no time it's always winners on here it's it's amazing what that bait can do all right mike so tell us about your tournament man um i think i spent the first hour and a half uh hunting a little deeper section uh with the cold front coming in i kind of figured they backed off some so i ran around out there for a while and couldn't find anything and I decided to uh, move back into the coves, and I think I got my first three in the next hour, and they were at the very back point of a cove. I couldn't get no bites along the sides. I mean, literally where it come to the point, and it was about two to three foot of water. So I feel like the, the warm afternoons was starting to, some of them were starting to move back on beds. <clears throat> Yeah, I noticed that a few weeks ago on Del Hollow that it was kind of like 
like you said, it was like very narrow areas. It wasn't like they're in the back of the cove. No, they are in the back of the cove in a spot, you know, that big. Yeah. That's, that's, that kind of like behavior blows my mind. Like I wish I had taken like some kind of biology classes or something just to understand like why they do things like that. Cause I feel like you research stuff like that. Nobody can tell you. They'll be like, it's part of their spawning nature. Well, thank you. That's useful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah when I figured that out, I thought I was on them. Thought I figured it out. Started hitting all the back points of each cove. And it was just in three spots that I got three fish. Um, after that, it shut down. And it was a grind the rest of the day just to find four and five. It's really rewarding, though, when it's a grind, when you get that fifth fish yep. and get that picture taken. Because I know I'm that last fish I'm usually stressing out. Like, this is the one that's flopping the board. I know it. Here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it was a 12-incher. So uh, if I could have bumped that up to a 13, I, I may have got Brian there. <laughs> <laughs> So you only you only caught five all day, huh? I had six. Six, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. Two of them are twelves. <laughs> gotcha. And yeah. what what were you throwing? I got a spinner bait on the three that morning, um, close to round one. When I found the fourth, uh, was in the back of a cove again, but on the other side of the area where I was fishing. I got number four on a spinner. Uh, I came back out near the deeper spot that I started that morning. And as I was cruising down the docks, they just went on a feeding frenzy. Um, I kicked myself in the butt for not uh, having my whopper plopper on mm. um, or whopper plopper style bait. It's yeah. actually a drunken mullet from oh. Chase Baits. Um, mm-hmm. So I threw the swim baits in there, mm. threw spinner baits in there. They did not want it, and I was struggling as fast as I can to get that tied on there. And uh, I pulled uh, my fifth fish out, and then I was able to upgrade one of the twelves. Cool. Nice. And do you have a particular spinner bait you're, that that you like more than the other ones? I, I just mostly color is what I'm going off of. This one was a chartreuse white and black. Um, the gold willow leaf and a silver Colorado. Okay. We kind of have an in-between. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still, you know, people get so specific with spinner baits. That's still a technique. I've never, mm-hmm. I don't, I wouldn't say I've mastered anything, maybe a damn shaky head, which I wish I hadn't <laughs> because I might still throw it too much, but yeah. That's yeah, me in a Texas rig, man. Yeah. I, I, I still keep my spinner baits pretty, pretty simple you know that's when i know people get all crazy and go with different blades and add them on and make them themselves you know you see pros do it actually out on the water doing it and i man i'm that's way over my head i've tried to listen to all the videos and understand all that and on why you would do it and when you would do it but i don't know yeah i'll tell you i had just about stopped throwing spinner baits and uh Hearing guys talk about using it, I picked up one of the Accent Jacob Wheeler spinnerbaits. And the first cast I made with that, I caught a fish. And I've caught a... I still don't, like, keep it in my hand and throw it. But it's caught me a few fish when I... Because I've done... I I like to pick the chatterbait up instead. And, I mean, I still feel like there's a place for both, even in the same day. But I'm, I'm trying to, like, get away from what everybody's doing and go back to what used to work. But that, that accent spinnerbaits, I don't know what's different about it. Couldn't tell you. It looks just like every other spinnerbait on the market other than that hot pink or orange or whatever little bitty Colorado that's on it. But it's killer. I even put a post online like maybe six months ago asking what everybody's favorite spinnerbait was. And I think there was like 100 different answers. The old Terminator, that was the big one. The accent, you know, there's, there's the nickels. There's a few different brands out there that people are partial more partial to but yeah still i got a few and i just throw them whenever oh this one looks good i'll go with that bigger blades sturdier water I, that's about as close as i get all right Brian. Brian. Here lately too it, it, that, that's pretty good spinner bait yeah how was your day brian 
That was great. Got some fish. No, like I said, I, I, I didn't have anything figured out, so I decided to go up the river, up, up Washington. Um, the last time I fished that lake uh, was, was 2018 the, at the TOC shootout, and we didn't get to go up that, up that river, and I really wanted to go up that river. So, so I took advantage of it this time, and I went the river, and, you know, I went five miles up the river looking for smallmouth. Um, you know, hoping I could, I could find some long skinny fish and, uh, and I couldn't find any. So, so along the way, I caught some fish about halfway, halfway to that spot. So I decided to go back at the end of the day. Um, I had 66 inches, um, all day long. You know, I caught my limit early. Like I said, I caught them on a DT6, a spare bait and a, and a, and a jackhammer. And, uh, and I went a few hours without a bite. So I decided to go back to some area you know, where I caught those fish, the, the exact same spots where I caught fish, they weren't there or they weren't biting. So I just went to fishing last, last two hours of the day. I just put my head down and just started chucking, chucking the jackhammer. And, uh, and I figured out at that point that they were not in the bushes. So I didn't even waste time, you know, flipping and pitching or making casts into the bushes too, too much. I was just, I was just making long casts and trying to cover as much water as I could. About two o'clock, last cast was uh, at 2.30. <clears throat> About 2 o'clock, I pulled up on a windy point. Little little windy point with some bushes on it, and 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 the skies got a little bit darker, and the wind blew a little bit harder. At that point, it was probably blowing about 12 to 15 at that, in, at, at that stage, and I made one cast across, across that little point, and I hooked up with a 20 and a quarter first nice. cast. And then my, my, my very next cast, I hooked into a 16. And then I decided to give a little break because I'd made a few more casts and get another bite. So I ran out of time, but, but I gave it 10 minutes and I fished down the bank, didn't catch anything, ran back up to that point, very next cast, I got another 16. So I upgraded 14 inches within about 15, 20 minutes on, wow. the, on I mean, basically on, on the same spot, making the same cast. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. So I have yet to run into some that. luck like that. Yeah. Where one spot just is like, you know what? I'm on. Let me help you out. Because that don't happen to me. It'll like you'll get yeah. I'll get the one good yeah. fish off the spot and think, okay, this is it. I'll do the rest and everything, like you said, never works out. There's there's probably 400 fish down there, 10 pounds, and they're all looking at me like, Mm-mm, not your day, buddy. Yeah, not this time. I think it's picking not up today. the way that it did. You know, I think I I I think whatever was there, it just it just turned it on for that short period of time, and it you know it lined up perfectly. So I'll take it. Heck yeah. So did you win big bass? I did. Oh wow! Nice check. Yeah, it was. You know, I'm. I mean, the payoffs were pretty good at this tournament. Um, it was a hundred dollar buy-in and ten dollars for big bass. And for second place, I I I got a little bit over eleven hundred bucks for second place. I got a little bit over five hundred bucks for uh, big bass. So that's a nice return. (laughs) Yeah, 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 for sure. New favorite link. My favorite leg. Exactly. All right. All right, Lance, how about you, man? So, yeah, and, and I see you have a bona fide, so y'all must allow motors. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I run a, a Torquedo. So it's 
Uh, ran a 403 for this one. Yeah. Uh, hopefully by the next tournament, I'll have the 1103 because they're talking about shipping it here soon. So Nice. I'm getting to try one of those out this weekend. I'm so excited. Yeah, they're they're nice. I borrowed mics for the, the last bass event on Lake Fork, and first time I ran it, and I it's I mean, it's a beast. <laughs> you can uh, almost feel like you're up on plane when you launch that thing and be silent at the same time. How fast did you you said you borrowed it? Did you have it on a bonif- on the bonafide when you used it? Yeah. How fast were you getting? Uh six point two. God, that's, wow. so, that's moving. I, the fastest I've gone was on the um, Eric Jackson's Apex. We got five five with a four oh three, literally epoxied to the back of it, <laughs> and like that was fast enough. And then I see guys getting like six two and six five out of them, and turning. And I just want to experience what I feel like. That's like riding a jet ski at that point with that eleven oh three on the back. I feel like it's gonna carve like crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's definitely different. Do you have to worry about just staying? I I'm I've never even had a motor. I have the battery. I'm ready to go. I just I don't know. I just haven't bought the the motor yet. Have you uh at, you ever worried about coming out of that thing? At that I mean, if it's going to be going that fast, you really can't turn. Like you're just uh, surprisingly you can. So the the foot controls that the Bonafide's got, uh, they've got a pretty good. I mean, they're, it's a stable steering system. They're on an aluminum bracket or aluminum, yeah, I guess brackets. And they slide back and forth instead of just having your toe controls. And so you can, I, I run a 150-pound steel-coated uh, leader for my steering cable, so they have no resistance. So you can whip that thing back and forth. So on Lake Fork, there's a lot of trees to dodge, and that was about the best. That's, a, that's the understatement of the year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jimmy was there. I watched my buddy one afternoon bend one shaft on his Hobie pedals, and then the same place the next day smack the other one. I mean, it's that place was brutal. I've been scared to death to have a pedal drive on that lake. I, you, know, you know, I can say it now. I, I never hit one. Like paddling around, I high centered on a stump, but at like motoring across the lake in the frontier, I never hit one. And he was bouncing off crap level. I was like, dude, what is your deal? And then I he he had a bad trip, man. It cost him like fifteen hundred dollars all the crap he lost and broke at that tournament. But all right, so how did you catch him, Lance? I mean, what whatever you want to give away since you won, I you know. Well, I actually still got it tied on. I don't know if you can see it in the camera, but yeah, uh, green pumpkin chatterbait. So I caught them on the cross size. I knew, uh, knew when they got a little too wires out there. Yeah, I was throwing a chatterbait or jackhammer earlier, but just the hookup ratio with the uh, trees and bushes were greater than the fish were. So I switched over to it, and that thing can bounce through some some brush and just come through it all easy. What are, can you speak on the differences? Like, do you know enough about the cross size versus the jackhammer to like say what the big differences or advantages are other than the cover? Cause I was looking at them the other day and was like, I mean, they're a little cheaper. That's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as difference up, they do take off pretty quick. Just like, uh, just like jackhammer does. So I didn't really see much of a difference on there. Uh, color is pretty similar. Uh, the one color I found, it was a little bit darker of a green pumpkin. I'm not sure exactly what they called it. I didn't pay attention to the package, but it had kind of a dark back to it. So um, gave a little bit different look than your standard all green pumpkin color. But I was running a Rage Menace uh, trailer on it and had the tips of them actually uh, dipped in dipping Glow in chartreuse so uh, the water i was in was a little little dingy and i don't know whether that made the difference or not but it uh seemed to get their attention do you usually throw a rage menace on there uh depends uh if the water is a little bit cooler like it was i'll throw it on there uh, i did notice there's quite a few bluegill that were up around kind of hanging around the top around the bush area so i think maybe they had a little bit a little more action to it but I'll switch back and forth from 
uh, Brave Menace to uh, any kind of paddle tail, typically. Okay. And do you run the Rage Menace sideways? Just curious. No. No, it's a regular. Yeah. yeah just regular. Man, them fish don't care. I, see I was going to say, I see these videos and oh, I turn it sideways. Man, come on now. No, I get that no. text. The only thing I've noticed, because I've messed with that a bunch, was like I've almost stopped throwing paddle tails on there. Like when the paddle tail would work, I'll turn the cross sideways. You know, it kicks left or right. And then, if, like you said, water's a little colder or anything, I leave it flat. And then sometimes I throw something that doesn't kick as much when the water's cold. I don't know. I think there's literally like no wrong way to do it. Mike, sound, Mike looks like he's got something to say here. No, he's keeping all his information. Yeah, he's on his, just his don't want to Hey, he, he don't care about that. He's like, you chatterbait kids and your expensive stuff. <laughs> yeah. So does that crawl size? Does it have like a heavier weed guard? What makes it deflect all that cover better? Oh, I think we lost Lance. Well, he's frozen. There he is. <laughs> Oh. So it, it's got a, a single wire, but you can bend that wire in any any different shape. So if you're coming through a little heavier stuff, or maybe your hookup ratio doesn't seem as well, uh, you can actually kind of give it a an angle on it and make it either deflect off the the brush better, or you can bend them in closer to the hook if you're having a hookup issue. Okay. And to me, it like your your typical weedless vibrating jig they've got your standard well, 15, 20 different strands of piece of nylon plastic. And I feel like it's already hard enough to get a good hookup on a, on a chatterbait. And these little, these smaller wires seem to help quite a bit. Are you just curious? Are you uh, using a glass rod? It's actually a hybrid. Uh, it, it's a Kistler feeling reel. So they're carbon halfway up and the tip is glass. So it's, Ooh, that's cool. It's the they they built it just for uh, cranking and chatterbaits. It's it loads up real nice. It's got a good. I mean, you can put that chatterbait anywhere. I just you got my first. I tried Kessler here in Texas. <laughs> it's a pretty it nice rod, that's for sure. I see them. It's like Kessler. You hear them every now and then, and boom! All of a sudden, it's like nonstop videos. Facebook, YouTube, every time I turn on something, take this one. Check out my rods. Sorry, that's <laughs> terrible. Hey, you just that's... Try, I made a mistake. Josh Booth got me into them. He goes, here, just uh, try this for the day. And tried it once, and then I was, yeah. If you compare it to anything else so far that I've tried, it's, I mean, just the, the feel is different. Uh, but they have a lot of good selections as far as variety. I never yeah. use one, but I know they have the best hook keeper out there. I, I love their hook keeper that, that they use. Yeah. Yeah, you can hook anything up in them. Yeah, where you, you don't have to take it out of your bait. It's like kind of you can slot in underneath or you can put it on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go look at Kisser's website. They have the best. I'm going to have to look at that. I don't know nothing about that. Uh, the, yeah, I've been. We saw my glass rods. I, I just got my first glass rod and I got it for Shatterbaits. And the first fish I hooked up with, I lost and was like, hmm. But I throw jackhammers and that makes me wonder if, you know, maybe the particular glass rod I have just wasn't, you know, getting the, the, the hook up as hard as I needed. And I may need to try some of those cross eye uh, Chatterbaits and give it another sling. They're kind of hard to find, but uh, I've got. Picked up a few of them after I tried them back on uh, Bull Shoals because there's there's some brush up in there that I wouldn't be able to come through and it it did have a seemed to make a difference. We've got a we got a tackle shop in Coleman. It's kind of in between me and Dan, and they've got hundreds of those cross eyes and nobody's buying them. So <laughs> my chances of going and stocking up a few are good. I need to go do it. <laughs> Cool. Well, well here we have a question from the crowd. Let's uh, at what's the best ten foot, the best tournament ten foot boat under twenty five hundred? Titan. That is the Titan under twenty five hundred now. 
I don't know. Should be free. I'd say Titan oh, as well. Ten foot vote. <laughs> wow. Yeah, go uh, go two foot longer. That would be my biggest suggestion. You will not regret having that twelve foot of room. Ten foot gets cramped. I wonder why ten foot. You just maybe it wants a car top it. Maybe weight's a problem. Yeah. Well, never mind. If weight's an issue, my friend, don't buy a Titan. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he said ten foot. Really? Here you, you know. oh, here you go. I retract my previous statement. Native Slayer ten. If you're wanting something with pedals, um, ten foot. Let's see, new canoe. No, they're eleven foot. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with Slayer ten. Old you can town get them. Sportsman one hundred six. I mean, it's, that's a good boat too. Yeah, that'd be good. And then, you know, bonafide. They have the one hundred seven. What? The one oh seven. What is it? The one. Yeah. One oh seven. One oh seven. Yeah. I had a one twenty seven. That's a good boat. That was the most still to this day out of all the kayaks I've had. That was the most riggable boat I've ever had. I, I loved the layout of it. That was definitely my favorite kayak for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've definitely seen some crazy put together bonafides for sure. Yeah. We just, we had one come in the local shop down here. A guy had hooked up to an RC remote control. He would launch it from his boat and drive the trolling motor with his RC controller, drive it back to the ramp. He had, That'd be um, sad to see. Oh, it was when, so he traded it for a new boat at our local shop. He had used the Milwaukee pack out toolboxes as tackle storage on the boat that would all swing around to in front of him. He had like 400 pounds of lights on it. Like you could probably see this thing from the space station, but the coolest thing was the, like the, I mean, he had a legitimate Spectrum RC car controller that ran everything on the boat, and I was like, "What? That's so cool!" I just drive it around like a giant remote control boat. Anyway, we got way off topic, but so y'all had a killer tournament. So, uh, what's next for any of you guys? What what y'all's next event y'all got coming up? Go ahead, Mike. Uh, Table Rock Moyak, twenty nice. fourth. Mm-hmm. Is that all three? Table Rock for me too. Still, yeah. yeah. Considering you, uh, Obi Dardanelle as well. Yeah, I'm gonna fish uh, Table Rock Moyak. I think the weekend after that, yeah, the weekend or, or two weekends after, uh, they'll have the Lake of the Ozarks event uh, in conjunction the with uh, the All American. Mm-hmm. I was gonna yeah, do I dropped that one out. Yeah. There's a there's a chance that uh Padline Finn gets to go up to Table Rock later this year. I'm looking forward to that. Table Rock's one of my one of my bucket list places to go. I hear too many good things about it to not go check it out. I bet we have close to hundred turnout. I bet, yeah. That's where we hold the uh Moyak State Championship also. Okay. Cool. That's pretty awesome. I know I've seen enough videos at that place. I'd love to stay at that uh, with the Bass Pro Lodge you have there on Table Rock. Yeah, that, I know that looks fun. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the way? Is it on Table Rock or Bull Shoals? The it's on Table Rock. Big Cedar? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big Cedar Lodge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's right there. Uh, right in the heart of the lake, I think. Mm-hmm. We were looking at it. Me and, me and Brian Schiller were looking at it not too long ago talking about taking paddling fin up there and then realized it's way cheaper to find a house somewhere else other than that lodge. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, anytime we have anybody on the show, we always want to give everybody an opportunity to shout out anybody who makes fishing easier for you. Uh, Mike, we'll start with you, man. Uh, man, team bonafide. Uh, let me represent. I appreciate them. Uh, Zuni Outfitters for doing up my jerseys, Chase Baits, putting out some real good baits there. Uh, they've been a big support for me. Uh, Amphibia Eye Gear, OMTC here in Ozark, Missouri, a local kayak shop. Chase Baits, are they the ones that have like the bird, like the, uh, yep. the parent looking deal or whatever it is? Mm-hmm. You ever yeah. catch fish on that? I I haven't yet. 
I seen somebody. Uh, drunk, or drunken mullet's my favorite. Okay, drunken mullet. I've seen. Mm-hmm. You know, I first time I saw that bait Dan's talking about, I was like, that thing looks ridiculous. And then I watched a video of a guy using it, like he was like pitching it up under brush and like working mm-hmm. it out of the brush. And I think he caught like musky with it or something. But it was, I was like, man, that thing's actually pretty cool. And now I can't find him anywhere. So, yeah. Cool. Well, the drunken mullet. Everybody, everybody has to check it out now. All right, Brian, how about you? Uh, shout out to Hobie Fishing Team, OMTC, Skirmish Baits, the Dwayne Baiting Company, Bass Mogul, <laughs> Bob Group, um, and all the OEIPs. Cool. Lance, last but not least. Definitely uh, bona fide. Uh, Kiss the Rods, Fibia, um, <clears throat> Eye Gear. I got some pretty sweet sunglasses. Uh, my wife, uh, for letting me travel around, do some of the stuff, and not be at home as much around the spawning season. Uh, so, yeah, that kind of keeps me keeps me busy. Um, yeah, Crocodile Gator. Uh, if you ever want to look up a pretty awesome buzz bait uh it's kind of the original that's uh called a head knocker it'll bring some fish out of the bushes and the weeds mm-hmm. and grass it draws them out <laughs> i actually heard of that one yes yes it will. i had forgot about it thank you for saying that because now i need to get some yes <laughs> i gotta get some more <laughs> cool well we appreciate y'all uh Go watch the show. Watch basketball. We appreciate y'all y'all being on whatever that big game's going on. So uh, y'all be good and have a have a good rest of your season. Yeah, All right. appreciate it. Appreciate Thanks it so much, guys. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Thanks for having us. All right. Well, there we go. As always, we're going to talk about some tournaments. Uh, first up, we had. Let me see. The first state kayak anglers, they were on Mud Mill, which that sounds like a terrible place. Uh, Which And it it goes with the name because I saw some pictures when I was looking at that event, and it is 100% a mud hole. (laughs) There you go. uh, So they had 30 anglers, and first place was Zach Bunner with 53 inches. Um, Second place, Dennis Campbell with 51 and three-quarter, and David Burt. And third with 45 and three quarter. Tough tournament. A lot of people zeroed in that one. So congrats to them. Yep. And uh, next up, we had the Bluegrass Kayak Bass Fishing Club out there in Kentucky. They were on Lake Cumberland. They had 50 anglers. Uh, looked like a tough day. There was only 43 fish caught. Uh, Mike Baird came through with the win on that one with 72 and a quarter. Uh, the only angler with a limit. Uh, second place, Paul Averill with four fish, 70 and a quarter. So for only having four fish, I mean, he was one fish away from taking that one. And uh, third place, Nick McGuire, three fish for 43 and a quarter. So tough tournament, but congrats to the winners for sticking it out in tough conditions. And last but not least, Tennessee Valley Kayak Anglers, TVKA, they were on check. Uh, old KBN himself, Ryan Lambert, won that one, 59 inches, three fish limit. Uh, they had 32 anglers. Jacob, Jacob Berry in second with 55 and three quarter. And Daniel Davis in third with 54 even. And uh, I'll shout out Terry Golden in fourth because that man kills the boys. Where they go. Yeah. Uh, but there you go. So, yep. Congrats to them, guys. Uh, it seems like it's – I looked at schedule this year in that All-American Kayak Series. It looks like got some good lakes on there. And congrats to them doing well. And – Oh, that's about it. I, I've been like thinking back. about yeah. as, as, with all the traveling and stuff. Instead of chasing the nationals, I think it'd be cool to like join up and fish a lot of the clubs like that. Like I'd like to go fish with Queen City and the Moyak guys, and cool. go hit up all them clubs in Texas. I think that would be just as much fun. Me and yeah. a buddy of mine were talking about it the other day, uh, just traveling and doing that, and you know, not chase angler of the year nowhere, just. I think it just takes some of the stress off because you're not spending, you know, $250 at an event. That probably would be a lot more fun. <laughs> I feel like I would, I would do better because I wouldn't be a head case the whole time. Yeah. Well, well yeah, man, good show. Uh, 
I'm assuming next week we'll have the Paddle and Finn folks on, the winners. Yeah, I'm sure we will. Uh, either somebody from the Open or the Clash of Clubs. We'll see how we're going to do that with the OG show, split it up. But uh, yeah, definitely have some winners on from there. So maybe you like do some live that, coverage from there. Yeah, maybe. There'll definitely be some stuff on Paddle and Finn all week. Um, last chance to sign up. It's going to be a great time up on Dale Hollow. If you can get a day off, come down there. It's going to be fun. So uh, that's all I can say about that. We've talked about a bunch. Well, all right. Good show, man. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in again. We'll see you next week. Where your PFDs. Bye, everybody. Good night. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at Paddle, the letter N, and Finn.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at Paddle, the letter N, and Finn at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button, and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com. You'd think, with four of us spread out on a tiny island, that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. But, as I've learned, no matter where I've been, whitetails can be damn tricky. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.